Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. I only got to share briefly what happened yesterday. In that Senate hearing with Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg, you can argue a whole lot of nothing. You can argue, why did they even have it? Didn't they just have one like two, three weeks ago? I was confused by it. But some incredible things came out of it. Specifically, Senator Ted Cruz just dismantling Jack Dorsey. Just taking him apart and his 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 methodology apart regarding, well, what is it that that you guys are? Are you a platform or are you a publisher? This conversation has been the social media everything and is this whole conversation about something called Section 230 that you keep hearing about. Are you a publisher or a platform? Because if you're a platform, you get Section 230 protections, which is to say that if something happens on your platform, you're not necessarily liable for it because you're a platform, you're sharing ideas that people put out there. But if you're a publisher, well, then you are responsible for the content. And since you go about censoring content, you must be a publisher. This was the conversation that Senator Ted Cruz started having with Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. While I still have a presence on Twitter, I'm out. Right, I still have a presence on, on Facebook. We've built a really good society there. Uh, very, very good. But I have somebody who now runs the social media for us. When I put something out under my name, it's under my name. When we're just sharing content, I have somebody who's taking care of that. On Twitter, I'm, 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 I'm reading what's coming in, but I am not reaching back out. No way. I'm not commenting on other people's stuff. It's a dumpster fire. I'm on Parler, which is a news service like Twitter, uh, at Tony Katz. I'm on MeWe, which is supposed to be like Facebook, but I haven't even figured out how it really works yet, at Tony Katz. I do have a presence there. I think that's part of the job. But engaging? That's why I've got two radio shows. Nope, three. Three radio shows. Right? And that's why I've got more coming. Because this is how I want to engage. And people can email uh, Tony at TonyCats.com. Uh, they can call in 833-468-8669. Uh, we are debating right now adding a chat room to the show. So you can actually go to TonyCats.com and be a part of it there as opposed to having to do things in the social media hellscape. <laughs> I used to do that years ago. I want to bring it back. But it's guys like Jack Dorsey. I have no interest in helping them make a dollar. Because they have no interest in honesty. This was part of the conversation. Part of the dismantling Ted Cruz did of Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, just yesterday. No, we have very clear policies on um, the conduct we enable on the platform. Um, And if there's a violation, uh, we take enforcement action and people choose to commit to those policies and, and to those terms of service. 
except your policies are applied in a partisan and selective manner. You claim it was hacked materials, and yet you didn't block the distribution of the New York Times story that alleged to talk about President Trump's tax returns, even though a federal statute makes it a crime to distribute someone's tax returns without their consent. You didn't block any of that discussion, did you? Our policy was focused on distribution of the actual hacked materials. Did, did, did you and block the, the discussion York of the president's tax return material? And in the New York Times case, uh, we interpreted it as reporting about the hacked materials. Did, did you block Edward Snowden when he, he re illegally released uh, material? Um, I, I, I don't have the answer to that. The answer is no. You have used this in a selective matter. Let me ask you, were you being a publisher when you forced Politico, another journalistic outlet, to take down their tweets on a topic that you had deemed impermissible? No. We were enforcing our, our policy and our terms of service. So on October 15th, Jake Sherman, a reporter at Politico, tweeted the following. I tweeted a link to the New York Post story right after it dropped yesterday morning. I immediately reached out to the Biden campaign to see if they had any answer. I wish I'd given the story a closer read before tweeting it. Twitter suspended me. So you actually have a reporter reporting on a story, asking the other side for comment. And Twitter says, hi, Jake Sherman, your account at Jake Sherman has been locked for violating Twitter w rules. Now, what did the what did the Politico reporter do? Immediately tweets after that. My goal was not to spread information. Well, that's a little worrisome just on an, in and of itself. My goal was to raise questions about the story. Oh, my overlords in Silicon Valley. I was attacking the New York Post. You don't understand. I was attacking them as I did in subsequent tweets and see how the Biden campaign was going to respond. They later did respond. And then, not long after, uh, Jake Sherman comes back with, my account is clearly no longer suspended. I deleted the tweet. When Twitter is editing and censoring and silencing the New York Post, the, four, the newspaper with the fourth highest circulation in the country, and Politico, one of the leading newspapers in the country, is Twitter behaving as a publisher when it's deciding what stories reporters are allowed to write and, and publish and what stories they're not? No, and that account was not suspended. Um, it fell afoul of the hacked materials policy. Um, we realized that there was an error in that policy and the enforcement. Hold, hold on, I'm, I'm, I'm literally looking hours. at the tweet from Twitter that says your account has been locked. You're, you're telling me that this is not an that's accurate. A, that's a lock. That's a lock and can be unlocked when you delete. The, I, I understand that you have the star chamber power. Your answer is always, well, once we silence you, we can choose to allow you to speak. But you are engaged in publishing decisions. Let, let me shift to a different topic. Mr. Dorsey, does voter fraud exist? I, I don't know for certain. Are you an expert in voter fraud? No, I'm not. Well, why then is Twitter right now putting purported warnings on virtually any statement about voter fraud? We're, we're simply linking to a broader conversation so that people have more information. No, no, you're not. You put up a page that says, quote, voter fraud of any kind is exceedingly rare in the United States. That's not linking to a broader conversation. That's taking a disputed policy position. And you're a publisher when you're doing that. You're entitled to take a policy position, but you don't get to pretend you're not a publisher and get a special benefit under Section 230 as a result. That link is pointing to a broader conversation with tweets um, from publishers and, and people all around the country. 
Mr. Dorsey, with the following statement, violate Twitter's policies. Quote, absentee ballots remain the largest source of potential voter fraud. Uh, I imagine that we would label it so that people can have more context. In okay. How about this quote? Quote, third party organizations, candidates and political activists. Uh, voter fraud is particularly possible where, quote, third party organization candidates and political party activists are involved in, quote, handling absentee ballots. Would you flag that as potentially misleading? I don't, I don't, you don't know the specifics of how we might enforce that, but I imagine um, a lot of these would, would uh, have a label pointing people to a bigger conversation. Well, process. you're right. You would label them because you've taken the political position right now that voter fraud doesn't exist. I would note both of those quotes come from the Carter-Baker Commission on Federal Election Re Reform. That is Democratic President Jimmy Carter and former Secretary of State James Baker. And Twitter's position is essentially voter fraud does not exist. Are you aware that just two weeks ago in the state of Texas, a woman was charged with 134 counts of election fraud. Are you aware of that? I'm not aware of that. We are not surprised that he's not. Now, if you listen to this show, you heard those quotes from the Carter Baker report. I shared them. I shared them because they are part of the Trump campaign's complaint in Pennsylvania about absentee ballots, about mail-in, about the issues that they create. It's stunningly good. It's stunningly good from Ted Cruz. You forget how good he is at these things. Twitter is lying when it says it isn't political. It is as a, a, an entity. Its people most certainly are. Without say, without debate, what did Mike Lee say yesterday? The senator from Utah, ninety-two point five percent of the Twitter employees who made political donations made them to Democrats. Or was that Facebook that was ninety-two point five percent? Because at Twitter, it was nearer to ninety-nine percent. But they are what they are. Their biases are real. And the best is you then get these low-minded people like Brian Stelter who want to tell you that because you are not interested in the game, because you are not interested in, in being a part of this insanity, that you are the danger to society. And more into their own echo chambers, more and more into their own bubbles, especially Trump voters. There's this new social media app called Parler getting a lot of attention because conservatives are leaving, saying they're leaving Twitter and Facebook, going off to Parler because they believe Parler is a safer space for them. What we're seeing is even more of a bunker mentality in right wing media. And ultimately, that's not good for the country. No, it's, it's not good. It's a threat to democracy. It's not a threat to democracy to decide I don't like yellow pants. I only want to wear green pants. It's not a threat to democracy to decide I don't want to drive a BMW. I only want to drive a Chevy or vice versa. It's not a threat to democracy to make that decision. It is I don't trust these people because they're biased. 
And if I'm going to have bias, can I have my own? Now, you can argue people shouldn't necessarily uh, go for and be a part of confirmation bias. That's a legitimate thing to say. But I'm not interested in being around people who are going to censor me. That's be, that, there's bias and then there's that. So why would I be, be a part of that? I'm only allowed to be on social media if I'm, if I'm on the Brian Stelter approved social media? Yeah, this is exactly what people aren't buying into. It's exactly the garbage that people are saying, I'll take a pass on. And Ted Cruz did a really good job of explaining exactly how wrong and how actually indecent Twitter is. And probably sending more people to these new apps. I'm Tony Katz.